couple of just small six seven year old kids brother and sister parents were out of the situ out of the out of the picture i think they were in jail um grandparents were back east they couldn't take them so these kids entered the, the foster care program well there was a lovely foster care family that would love to take them but they only had one bed and according to foster care uh, guidelines each bed has each each child has to have its uh, their own bed to sleep in this judge gave them 24 hours to acquire beds um, that's a lot of pressure that gets put on some of these families and most of the time they, they can't afford it. And so what happens, these two kids, these brother and sister who doesn't have any parents, they don't have any grandparents, the only people they know in their life is each other are gonna be separated because they didn't have beds. And the caseworker said, you know what? Let me make a phone call. And we at SHP always leave a bed or two in, in inventory just for these purposes. We had a bed into the home 12 hours later. Knowing when to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. It's those moments when you get to the absurd stage that things truly get interesting. Though the world is in need of a new generation of leaders, leaders who have the courage to break through the boundaries and question everything around them. Well, society is yearning for bold and enthusiastic women and men to provide the necessary leadership that will be required for the next leap forward. The journey to get to the brink can be unpredictable, but knowing you're at the brink, pure genius, my friends. Today, we are on the brink of greatness. Uh, Dr. Rachel Dawkins, she's from John Hopkins All Children's Hospital. So let me read you this, this is interesting. It impacts our kids, our, our children, so. Sleep is an essential part of everyone's routine and an indispensable part of a healthy lifestyle. Studies have shown that kids who regularly get an adequate amount of sleep have improved attention, behavior, learning, memory, and overall mental and physical health. Not getting enough sleep can lead to high blood pressure, obesity, and depression. That says a lot to me, by the way. It says a lot. It says a lot about the generation. It says a lot about the kids and having that healthy balance, uh, having that proper sleep. I mean, we know that as adults, but it's really essential for the kids. So, Kevin, as I was preparing for today and as we open up the program here, uh, I think one denominator, you know, when we're playing like uh, Superman in our 20s and we think, ah, we don't need sleep, you know, pull it. I'm sure you've pulled those all-nighters, haven't you, Kev? Uh, I have. It's, it's always uh, through college when you're when you're studying or having to write a paper. That's it. That's uh, it. I just remember the one time my wife was uh, expecting, and I had paper due the next day, and I was up all night trying to write it. You know, I still do that sometimes. I get caught in the moment of a lot of things happening, and I will, uh, you know, put sleep on the back burner. And just this week, I was doing that, sleeping three hours a night. Not a good sign. And on that measure, folks, let's get to our brink thinker today and a guy who knows a little bit about sleep here and the importance to kids. And what a unique story here. I'd like you to meet Luke Mickelson. One of the things, the connecting points, Luke, I find about brink thinkers, I just want to tell you right up front and tell our, our listeners is this. When you see a problem, you want to solve the problem. And that's one connecting point 
I can put right out there when it comes to brain thinkers. We see problems. We want to solve the problems. You've done something very extraordinary as you've created this movement. I call it a movement, but I mean, it's a 501c3. We'll get into more of all of it. But I mean, it's just when I started to read your story, I was so moved, Luke, to see what had happened, where it came from, why you were doing it. And, And let me just tell folks up front here. So what Luke is doing is he's... They're literally, I mean, really people making beds, like real beds, bunk beds, beds for kids, for the children. And the way this all came about and how it came out and what he's doing in his mission now is absolutely incredible. And I want to get back to the very beginning of the story, how this all happened. I think it was back, what, about 2012, 2013, something like that, Luke? Great. Yeah. Christmas of 2012. Yep. It was Christmas time. It was. Yeah. Okay. About, uh, actually about exactly right now <laughs> okay all right cool all right tell uh, yeah. us what happened bring it now let's bring it back to the core of this thing uh, so we get to the impetus of what had happened in its purest state go ahead when we started back in 2012 even before that you know i was a i was a just a normal guy you know had had a normal job i was um actually executive director or excuse me executive uh, vice president over sales and marketing for you know, a local family-owned uh, water treatment company uh, had been there for 18 years and and enjoyed my job, and uh, you know was uh, participated in the community. You know, taught my kids sports and coached them, and uh, I just I always felt like you know I was one of those guys that I I liked to to go out and serve and knew I needed to give back to the community and uh, didn't do it near as often as I probably should have or liked to like to have, and um, one area or capacity I was I was helping is uh, in a local church um, there was kind of a, a boys youth group it really was m- just a boy scouts group um, adv- they have adventures scouting and and uh, I was over um, kind of the entire uh, youth group from ages 12 to 16 and um, part of that group um, and part of that church they had um, they, they came up that there was a family that was in need a family had kids sleeping on the floor. Um, the the father was disabled, and the mother was, I think, the a school bus driver at the time. And for the local school, Kimberly, Idaho, where I where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, you know, the the idea came out that we wanted to help. And of course, I you know I was all over that. Um, and uh, we we kind of collaborated on some ideas. And and the first uh, the first solution was just to go go buy a bed. You know, let's go raise some funds and. Now, when you we say thought, we, when you say we, Luke, these are—is uh, this a group of people at the church? It, it, it is. It was a group of. Uh, I had a few, what we called counselors that okay. um, worked with me for the different age groups. Um, you know, basically the scout master and okay. adventure leader master. And, Got it. And things a part of the Boy Scout uh, uh, organization. Okay. And um, yeah, and so when we when we collaborated about this, we you know I brought up the idea that just a thought came in my my head that. You know, rather than going buying a bed, why don't we teach these boys something? Why don't we go and we could build one? I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm just like any other guy. I like to tinker with some toys and some tools, and uh, could probably figure something out. But but now, had so, you had you built any furniture prior to that, or had you built? Was you building anything? I mean, did you have the tools and all of this, or was this your passion, or no? No, not at all. In fact, uh, my, I, we kid around. My wife wow. had a little sign making business a couple years previous. Right. Uh, where she'd make, you know, she'd make pictures and and kind of little de- decorative home things and craft craft stuff. Okay. And she was way better at uh, uh, woodworking and and had tools. I, I actually kid around. I had to use my wife's tools 
<laughs> to right. to build the first bunk bed because I I mean I I I had just built my uh, my wife a salon in the garage so I wasn't a stranger to to how to get things done but it certainly wasn't a hobby. Well, you were also had a real job. You, you were an executive at a company working in other ways so clearly you weren't doing this as a living. But what I find oh. interesting is that you know okay the passion to help to need but why make the why make the bed, physically make the bed, rather than just go buy the bed as a group of people who are passionately there? And here's the thing. I guess you figured you would do it because you wanted to show who exactly to, how to do it. Was it the people who needed the bed you wanted to have involved or who? No, originally, originally it, was, it was the boys. You know, we wanted – it was a group of, of at, at young kids. At the church, yeah, in the, scout, in, the, in the scout group that, you know, instead of just going down and – Buying a bed. Let's, All right. let's put these guys to work. Let's right, get cool. them out, out, out from behind the Xbox and the TV, and and let's uh, let's put a drill in their hand instead of a control. Now that, this know. I really agree with. This I really agree yeah. with because <laughs> they're spending too much time with all that other stuff, and we're not doing that. So no, I love this. So now, so you thought, okay, they, the kids need the bed, this family, and so now you're going to use it as part of a learning experience with the scouts, with the right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Abs- I love it. Absolutely. So. You know, we went down. I, my daughter had this bunk bed um, that I thought, you know, it looks pretty easy, pretty simple. I took the dimensions <laughs> and, and, you know, and and uh, ran down to uh, the local hardware store and bought the bought the material and kind of donated the material to the cause, if you will. And um, then the next couple of nights, uh, you know, I brought these kids over to my house and we we went out in the garage and we built this this bunk bed. And uh, the night we delivered it. It was interesting. The night we delivered it, I didn't get a go. I actually stayed back and had to clean up my garage because mm-hmm. uh, my wife had a bunch of appointments uh, uh, for hair and things of that nature. And and so the other leaders took these boys. Mm-hmm. And the next day I was so jealous because they came back and just said it was such an amazing experience. You know, they, they wow. the, fa- the family loved it. The kids were just ecstatic. The, the mom was crying, you know, telling them the story of how – you know the aches and pains that she had, the the de- uh, the depression that was coming on in her mind to try to get these kids beds, and they just couldn't. You know, how many kids did they have? Did she have? You know, um, they had. I know at least two. I think they had an older one. Okay, right. uh, in, in his teens. But, but they had the kids, and they were sleeping where on the floor or a couch or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they'd swap between the couch and the floor, and then sometimes they'd sleep with mom. You know, when the when the dad was having some issues and so uh you know and, and we we see this very very it's very common for us to not only see kids that are sleeping on the floor they're getting a horrible night's sleep but so are the parents because they usually sleep with the parents right, right you know so it's it's um, so yeah i'm blown away when i read some of those things how many kids don't have a bed and one of, one of the things i was so moved in that you sort of really make it a point of uh, of action with what you were doing, Luke, is that you make sure the kids know that it's their bed, right? Oh, yeah. I, I was, you know, one thing you find, it, 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 you know, it does something to you. Mm-hmm. It, you know, uh, Malcolm, you, you, you walk into these homes mm-hmm. and there's not a there's not a piece of furniture anywhere. And wow. when we when we finished that first bed, mm-hmm. um, it was such a great experience for the boys that I, I wanted my kids to have the same experience. Wow. Um, and there's other things that went into that, but, but when you, when I took my, me and my wife and my, my good friend, Jordan Allen, we did that first delivery together. Mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I walked into this home 
and there was a there was a heating plate sitting on top of a milk carton, one of those plastic milk cartons, you know, right. and can of soup on it, and that was the only thing they had in the entire house. Um, uh, and this little girl, cute little six year old girl, takes us back in her room. She's got all her school clothes, a clothes period, are just huddled up, bundled up in a nest in the corner. That's what she slept on. Wow. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Well, like, this, is, uh, this is poverty. I mean, this is, this is, is uh, yeah, this is poverty. And this happens. I mean, there's so much of this out there. We don't realize how much of it's out there, Luke. There's something so rewarding. Isn't there something, Luke, so rewarding about oh. the, the gift of giving? I mean, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Yeah. I am a true believer. Mm-hmm. If you want real joy, if you want true joy. That's right. You need to stop looking at yourself. Amen. And, and that's what I learned right then, Malcolm, is, yeah. you know what? I All I could do is think about how, you know, how I was in the dumps. Yeah. And I had a great job. I had a great life. I would think people would look at me as a successful guy. Right. Uh, and here I sat on my couch contemplating, you know, am I really that great of a guy? And, and you know, I just, just almost in a depressive mode. And I think that's where some of us get that as we um, – we, we we focus so much on our own trials and tribulations um, that if we would just stop for a moment and take that focus somewhere else and look at other people's problems and then help them solve that problem, pretty soon your problems yeah. Yeah. not only seem pretty minuscule yeah. and, and, and mundane, if you will, they, they, they go away. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I can't. I can't uh, uh, put enough of a spotlight on what you say there. I just. I, I like to pause at these key moments because I, I want listeners to hear what you're saying. <laughs> Is so vital what you're speaking about right now. I mean, we're all consumed in this life with the stresses and the pressures of our own lives. In fact, I encourage everybody right now to break the mirrors in your house so you can't see yourself, maybe, right? Maybe that's the reflection, Luke, we need to do. But the the point (laughs) is that, you know, right, we're anti-mirror. But no, I mean... It, it well, it's po- a good point. It's it's you know, yeah. There's there's a whole lot of mm-hmm. uh, there's a whole lot of mirrors in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and some of those mirrors are uh, see through mirrors looking at other people's lives, and then you compare yourself to those, and um, you know, I, 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 we we hear all these great analogies and these great uh, uh, sayings of of you know you can't take riches with you after this world, and and you know. You just have to wonder if you really are listening, you know, yourself, if you're really taking some of these things to heart. And and it's one thing to say them, and it's one thing to believe them, and it's one thing to encourage others. But it's a whole nother thing when you decide to do it for yourself. Yeah, yeah I just think of you. I go back to still you thinking, sitting there on the couch, mm-hmm. you know, still evaluating yourself, feeling depressed. You know, not sure what to do next. Did you feel empty at the time and you're just looking for something to do but didn't know what to do or how to solve it? You know, Kevin, I felt, you know, I kind of felt lost. You know, I, uh, you, you know, when you struggle a little bit with your faith, you, it's different from how you grew up and what you were taught when you were growing up. And now you're kind of out on your own. You feel like you're in the woods here not knowing this path that you used to have or this map in front of you you used to have is maybe not the map that's for you. Right. And, um, you know, you, you just don't know, 
really where to go. And, and you, you know, I think these people that go on these missions to not missions, but these trips to find themselves, um, I think we all suffer from that. Um, uh, Velships, uh, is my saying that word right in German, um, just basically means that your outlook on life is, um, is a bleak one um, because I think people focus in on um, the negative. And uh, I just, uh, you know, sitting there, I knew I didn't want to be that. I knew it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for my kids um, to, to have a dad that, um, that had an outlook um, certainly on himself um, and on life that, uh, you know, the woes of the world are just piling in. Something and in you was driving you forward, my friend. You, you wanted more. You knew it. And I know what that feeling is like. Believe me, Luke. I, so I, do I. Yeah, I know what that <laughs> feeling. That's right. And Kevin, too, because, in fact, when we talked just some months ago and decided we were bringing the show to life just recently, I mean, that was his burning desire. He said to me, uh, you know, I want to do something more, Malcolm. I, I don't want to use all the time and effort I did in building these audiences and these uh, stuff on social media and connecting just talking about the buffoons in Washington, you know? <laughs> Uh, I yeah. want to do something more with it. What can we do? And, you know, and this we knew we were on the path to something very, very unique. Um, Luke, it's a moment of self-reflection. And it, it's a moment. It's important we all have self-reflection. And I, I think it's what's also important and special at this time of year to remind everybody that's listening is this is a good time. And, and it's the, it happens to be the anniversary when Luke started the enterprise we're going to talk to you all about today. But it also is the moment that we get ready for the birth of a new year. There's something special about coming into a new year. And no matter when you're listening to this, whether you're listening to it on Talk Radio Friends, or you listen to it on podcasts after the fact, there's something very, very special about that. And, and treat that really uh, important in your life because it's an opportunity to give a, a new birth, new birth to new ideas, new thoughts, uh, tur turn a new leaf over. Again, as Luke did, get off the sofa, figure out there's something got to be more in life. Many of us have a driving mechanism in ourselves that we know we're supposed to do something else. We don't always know what it is, but sometimes it, it comes up in a very interesting way. We're speaking today, friends, with Luke Mickelson. Uh, he's clearly a brink thinker. Where do you hear this story and how this organization has grown now is really something else. Um, and But the whole impetus of where it comes from and that point of impact in the life to really say, okay, there's a need here. And we need to, we need to, you know, fix this. We need to help these kids. We need to get these beds. I mean, we take a lot for granted very clearly. But as we continue the story here, I want to remind you of a couple of things here quickly. Brink of Greatness again plays, as you know, Saturday, Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can get us on iHeartRadio. You can get us on a lot of the networks or just get the app. We have an Android app or an Apple app. You'll find all of that, friends at brinkofgreatness.com. And you'll also see it at our mothership, americaoutloud.com as well. You see the links to the apps right there. Uh, again, we go to podcast every Monday. Podcast Mondays, we call it. You get all these shows. I love podcasts because it's on demand. You listen when you want to listen. It's all there. And which reminds me, remember to go to the Apple Store and rate the show when we're done here, please. Don't do it right the second, but do it in a little bit when we're done with the program. And please give us five stars on the air and, and leave a comment.
comment would be fabulous. Subscribe. You can subscribe to the Apple Podcast. In fact, it's real easy right there. A lot of great stories back at the brink of greatness. I write all the time. I love to find really cool people on the planet that are doing cool stuff. We're going to continue this conversation with another cool brink thinker, Luke Mickelson. We'll be back in just a moment. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Today we're speaking to Luke Mickelson here on The Brink. Uh, Luke, we started to talk about, now to remind everybody, so part of the scout troop with the church and there was a family that was in need, a couple of kids, they kids are sleeping on the floor they needed a bed you were going to go buy the bed which by the way Luke and all confession to you is probably what I would have done I probably would have bought it and not made it um be, be, me, it, me too yeah <laughs> I have full confession Luke so you're a better guy than Keller and I right out of the gate <laughs> so then Luke says hey I'm just gonna say it as it is here people so so then Luke goes ahead and he gets the tools uses some of his uh, wife's tools or whatever that because she was doing some sign business and what have you and he decides to make the bed and show the kids, which makes a lot of sense, actually, because now he's teaching the kids and the scouts something as well. The bed's delivered. He's not there for the first one, but he comes back. He hears the stories of the impact of the family. The next one, he, he well, there happens to be a next one. It, Luke, I want to ask you, that second one, was this into the family that was somehow connected to the church again or the movement of some sort of, where did that other second family come from? You know, that, that that's the unique part here, you yeah. know, when get, getting off the couch, as I call it often, was was the first step. Right. Um, and when we built that bed, um, we didn't know what to do with it because uh, I had no idea at the time what the need was. I just I, all I knew it is we supplied a bed for a family that you know apparently had some issues and had some problems, and you know we solved it. So, uh, so you built the second bed. Wait a minute. You built the second bed without even knowing who it was. Good. So in other words, yeah. this was after the first one was delivered. You went back and built another bed. Correct. Yeah. I, I, I first wanted my wow. kids to have the experience, you know, of, of, of <laughs> what these young boys did. But now it's like, you know, I turned to my wife and I said, OK, well, I, I, I want I want to find a family, you know, um, how do we it. do that? I and love it. Uh, she was part of this uh, Facebook uh, buy sell trade. I'm sure they're all over the place. Um, right. Where uh, she's like, "Well, why don't you just post it on there?" And I, and at first I was a little re- reluctant because you post something on there for free, you can imagine what kind of response you're going to get. That's right. Uh, everybody's going to want it, and that's that's pretty much my attitude when I went in there. But I said, you know, what? I'll give it a shot. And so I threw it on Facebook, and I just said, "Hey, you know what?" Um, 
it's Christmas time, and you know, as a Christmas project from my family to your family, we'd like wow. to find a family that's got kids or sleeping on the floor. I just loved the idea of having kids. You know, we could support uh-huh. a kid. And uh, I was, I was totally f- flabbergasted um, that uh, of the response I had for every be- person that requested the bed. I had 10, 15 people say that they wanted to help. Great idea. What can I do? Here's some pillows. Here's some mattresses. Here's some blankets. I, I, over the next week, my wife couldn't even do any, any work in her salon because it was floor-to-ceiling mattresses and sheets and pillows. I mean, it was, it, we had toys. We had food. It was crazy. You became and, a furniture company. Oh, well, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and I, I looked at my wife and I said, you know, we had a, we had a discussion about this response was so overwhelming. Um, I just said, I think I think we're on to something here. I think we could do more. Oh, okay, and of course, so she, the, the, she knows me well enough. When when I get my mind on something, um, you know, I'm one of those guys. You're either all in or you're all out. I don't, right. <laughs> you know? So the next thing you know, I'm I'm going down. I'm I'm buying. We took our whole Christmas fun that year, um, and we bought uh, we bought basically uh, nine more bunk bed so we had 11 we did 11 that first year you, you did 11 you mean the first you mean no but this was at christmas time you mean you did 11 Correct. within like like a short period of time we did yeah so um that wow. it took me about a week and a half um i started getting a lot of other friends coming in you know right uh to, to help but we did 11 in my garage there that first uh, week and a half and delivered them all before Christmas. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. See, you really were now making beds and you were like, had this passion in you, but I just, I didn't know everything you just said. And I'm so happy you put it out there in the way that you did that. Like, okay. So you threw this message out on Facebook and see, this is what it is. There's so much good in humanity, Luke. And you yeah. throw this out in Facebook and not only do you get the need, the people who are in need, but then you get all these people who want to help. Right. I right. Mean, that's a gift in itself, buddy. That's a gift. Oh, well, that's the that's the fuel. That's just one of the one of the logs that got put on the fire that we realized that, um, you know, not only we started to see, obviously, that there was a huge need mm-hmm. um, of kids sleeping on the floor and that nobody was addressing it. Nobody knew about it. That's right. So that was the first need. Um, but the second need was I quickly realized that you know what? It, uh, there are communities, there are members of the community that were, in in a sense, sitting on the couch like I was, looking for a way to get off it. Um, and SHP, Sleeping Heavenly Peace, was a way for people to do that. And they were happy to do it. It's a fun activity. And uh, when they got more involved, um, and, and when, when I saw that they got more involved, I realized, you know what? I can't just be building these beds in my garage by myself i've got to have the community get involved because it was a need for them as well so 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 you posted this on facebook got all this response did they like were they local community that started like driving all this these toys and mattresses and sheets to your house yeah (laughs) they'd come in the first year they'd come and drop it off i you know it was uh, I only remember a few instances because it was a while ago. But uh, you know, we I get uh, personal a lot of personal uh, Facebook messages or texts um, saying that hey, you know what? Um, that's a great idea. Uh, what what can you need? And at that time, we we were kind of looking around, going, okay, well, we got 
we're, it looks like we're going to be able to do another 10 more bunk beds. I'm going to need some sheet sets. Well, they drop off 20 sheet sets instead of just 10, <laughs> you know, and, um, and then people start at that time we were doing toys and food and we were going to do a, you know, kind of a Christmas thing for everybody. Cause that's really, this was, this was not, I'd had no intention of setting up a big national nonprofit or it was just going to be a Christmas project that me and my family and a couple other families, if they wanted to get together and, and do every year. What, a, what an amazing, amazing story. At the moment, this was happening, Luke. The, the second, when this all happened at that 11 beds that first Christmas, right? This mm-hmm. is really the brink. This is the point of, uh, that's the moment when it all gelled for you, clearly. That's the point of the brink. That's the brink of greatness right then. When, you know, I mean, where it all turned on and then you realize the need was there, but you also had the reward. What I want to know is, I'm curious now. The second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, as these were happening now, can I uh, believe that you were probably, you missed that first one, but you were probably at every delivery thereafter, weren't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, when when we when we got done with that first delivery, you know, we all got back in the truck. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, we didn't say anything to each other for, it seemed like forever. Because uh, I, was, I was so affected by two, two things. Number one, that, of what I just saw that there was literally this little girl sleeping on her clothes. That's what she slept on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was, is, you know, it, at that time, it took me only a couple of nights, a couple of hours each night. I built that bunk bed. What a better use of my time. And, and I, I just couldn't get that out of my head. And so that's why it was easy to build more. And I wanted to, to deliver them. That's the best part is getting exactly. in and seeing these kids. You were mentioning after you delivered the first one, this was with your family only. Mm-hmm. You get back into the truck or the car, or whatever, probably your truck, yeah. and nobody was saying a word. I mean, when does that ever happen? Where you got kids in the truck and you're driving <laughs> and nobody said a thing. I mean, when did you actually talk to each other and say, wow, that was an amazing experience. Let's do it again. Absolutely, you know, it was the the funny thing was is the the family was about thirty miles away, so it was a, we had a little bit of a drive home, and um, it, we just talked. I mean, immediately after we kind of got our senses together, um, immediately we just started planning. We just started scheming. It was like you know, um, it, it, for for a couple of hours, that's what we can do, and that's what we can provide. Okay, what do we do? What do we need to do next? And I remember telling my wife, I'm like, look, why don't you call your friends? Um, you guys start, if you would start handling all the bedding and mattresses in uh, coming in, you know, me and Jordan, we'll run down to the wood, the, the, the wood stores and see what kind of deals we can get. I mean, it was scheming from the very beginning, <laughs> wow. you know, to try to get this, uh, get this out. And so, so this is a family project. Correct. It, it started out as a family project and then. We had a couple other families that uh, my friend from from uh, Boise, Idaho, he brought his family down, um, and he loved it and was in, he was there for the first delivery. Um, he went back, and the very next year, um, he started the Boise chapter because he wanted to do the same thing up there. So this was a year later, Luke, from the beginning of it. Correct. Yep. This okay. would be 2013 uh, is okay. when we did we did another. And, and 2013 is when we did the actual what we call build days now because we started putting together plans of 
throughout the whole year. I mean, it was just we were excited through the whole year um, gearing up. And we finally we had some people, hey, we missed the build last year. Or we missed helping last year. What are you going to do this year? And and we started saying, hey, we're going to have what we call build days now. And and we're going to do a build day. I had a, I found a warehouse. My my work donated a warehouse for a couple of weeks. And so we 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 got mostly family and local friends, um, about 25 or 30 of them. We came in and spent Friday night and pretty much all day that Saturday, and we built 15 bunk beds, which we were pretty proud of. Um, over so over the weekend? Over a weekend? Over a weekend, yep. Mm-hmm. And everybody's volunteering their time now. Absolutely. Yeah, nobody's right. being paid for this, all right? These that's are right. volunteers, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that certainly get people off the sofa, won't it? <laughs> well, get some focus on something else, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that friend, then that person you knew that set up the second one in, in Boise, you say, right? Correct. Uh huh. And then that was about a year later. So now this thing started to get legs. When did it become the five hundred one c three? So it was it was the second year after we got done with the the second build in Twin and the first build in Boise, um, which was pretty much financed all by you know, either my family and, and Jordan's family, a um, couple other families, the Weeks family, um, and, and just our close friends. Um, we we learned that and, and had heard that, you know what, if you become a nonprofit, then other people can donate to you and um, and it's a tax write-off and, and, you know, so you don't have to finance yourself. Absolutely. So I said I didn't know anything about it. Um, I knew what a nonprofit was, but I didn't know what a 501c3 was or or anything like that. So I started to go around and and research other nonprofits. I went and interviewed a couple other executive directors, and you know just wanted to see what what was going to go into this. Because keep in mind, a full time job. Um, I kid with my wife. I I only worked half days because you know twelve hours is a half a day. So yeah, that's uh, true. And you're still working <laughs> at this point now. You're still working. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Still fully working and traveling. And um, and we made some changes, too. And we, we decided, um, you know, I walked into I remember walking into one one gal. Um, it's East End Providers is a nonprofit there in Twin Falls that provides it seems like everything food, clothing, shoes, coats, the whole nine yards. I walked into this place and I was I was over overcome, overwhelmed. They had, I mean, it was floor to ceiling of, I mean, it looked like a garage sale. It was just everything. And I, I, I I'm glad I saw that because I went back and that's when we, we said, okay, we're going to be 501c3, but you know what? We're going to do just beds. That's all we're going to provide. We need to focus in on one thing and we need to do it the best. That's how we felt. And it was, that was a real good decision on our, on our end because it helped us stay focused now, looking back, now we needed to because it's gotten so big, but it helped us stay focused on what we can do best. Yeah. What's uh, really interesting uh, is that now you've gotten, uh, as this organization has now grown, as I understand it, there are 118 chapters or so. You're in about 39 states, if these numbers are fairly accurate, Luke, I guess, yeah? Actually, they're behind. Um, so we do trainings for new chapters, um, new chapter presence every other month. Mm-hmm. And so I think the website says 118 with 39 states, but really we have 133 fully trained chapter presidents. Um, their chapters aren't fully set up yet, but 134 that'll be online here in the next month. 
um, in in 40 states. 40 states, okay. And so, and, and it's all focused on bids. Now, how does one, tell us, uh, before we get into the next chapter of the story here, how does one become a chapter? Uh, and how, how does that work between them and the main unit where you guys are? Right. You bet. So our main goal was, as I, as I talked to other, these other nonprofits, um, you know, especially as we started to get more uh, interest in starting chapters from people across the country. Um, I wanted to, you know, we wanted to make it as simple as possible. These other chapter, these other nonprofits to start a chapter, it was a lengthy and very expensive process. So we sat down and thought, you know, um, we need to make this simple. Um, we mean we need to make it as easy as possible, but we also wanted to make sure that it's it's community driven and community controlled in a way. So. Um, we have a, a, a link or we had a link on our website. We've taken it down now just cause we were, we were just getting so many, um, but shpbeds.org, um, and we had a forward slash start hyphen a hyphen chapter. And that link would then send people to, um, uh, fill out a little bit of information, but it would send people to a, about a 50 minute webinar that discussed about a 30,000 foot view of what we do, how we do it, what a chapter president does. Uh, the main goal was just to help people understand the difference between what a chapter president is and what just a volunteer is, because the chapter president um, does it, it does require some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, uh, then once they fill that out, the next step goes, uh, they, they are sent an application, um, which is uh, something they fill out online. It's about a five-page deal, basically simple questions like rating yourself on how do you feel like you would do raising money or um, speaking with the media or um, you know running running a a, a group of people um, during a build day. It helps us understand where they think their their weaknesses are, um, where their strengths are, um, and then once they get that done. They are then put into different regions. We have uh, the country split up in regions, and we have regional directors that will then contact them and invite them to webinars. And this is the first part. That, this is the first time they'll be able to ask a bunch of questions, like uh, you know how uh, more specific questions that they might have. And and that that's more of the hundred foot view of SHP. Okay. okay. Um, and after that, then we just we we help them raise money so they can come. They've got to come to Twin Falls to uh, to actually get physical training. That's where we go over all our programs, you know, um, all the all the things that we use, as well as the process for building beds. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they make through that that training and they clear a background check, um, then we start onboarding them. Wow, I mean, there's a whole infrastructure in play here, clearly, and oh. that's yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Well, and, and it's an infrastructure that uh, we had to put together very quickly because mm-hmm. we, we, we knew because of uh, some of the media that we were getting that okay. um, that we were going to get some chapter present requests, some new mm-hmm. chapters requests. But we thought about 20 or 30 for 2018. Uh, we had over 2,000 um, requests. requests for new chapters and in about 10 different countries. And you had to select certain ones now, so that's what you did, right? You didn't pick everybody. You, not everybody oh. got their own chapter, right? Well, the nice thing is, and the reason why we, we did the process the way we did is it kind of helped. Again, we wanted people to – first things we wanted people to understand is 
that uh, the commitment level and what some of the responsibilities of a chapter president was. And most of those, at least 80% of those people um, realized that, oh, you know what, I, I saw something, I was moved, but I probably just want to volunteer. They realize it's not for them, right? I love this story and the fact now that you have all these chapters, you're in all these states. Uh, we're speaking to Brink thinker Luke Mickelson here. We'll continue on the Brink of Greatness, friends, in just a moment. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Friends, we're back on the brink of greatness here. It's Malcolm Out Loud. We're with Kevin Williams. Luke Mickelson is our brink thinker today, and we're talking about this really incredible idea. I mean, he's certainly this story, I, as soon as I, I seen it out there, I, I knew it just spoke to me as far as what he was trying to do. Sleep in heavenly peace. It's a 501c3. It's a not-for-profit that started in Idaho and is now in 40 states with these chapters that have set up. And if I'm correct, Luke, I believe you're also um, one of these uh, finalists for the uh, CNN Top 10 Hero of the Year. That's Yeah, that's correct. Wow, that's, yeah. uh, that's an, a great accomplishment, isn't it? Doesn't my sp- I, feel good? Well, well we're, I was completely honored, extremely honored. In fact, when when um, I got home from work, I, I had had this message on my phone, and it was kind of garbled. I didn't really understand it, but I did understand <laughs> CNN, and I heard the word hero. Um, I'd never, never, I didn't know what that meant, but my 15-year-old son, Riley, was standing right next to me, and his eyes got really big, and he said, did you say <laughs> CNN hero? And I said, why do you know it? <laughs> <laughs> and he about he about hit the floor. He said, "You know, we watch it every week." And th- and he told me about it. So of course I called him right away. Called him back, and um, they gave they, we did like about a two hour interview with um, one of the guys, and right. and he just said that you're nominated. He says you're not a hero. You're just nominated. This is back in June. Okay. And so uh, it was about six weeks later that I I kind of forgot about it. To be honest with you. Right. Um, I was at my son's track meet. Um, he was about to run, and all of a sudden, I get this phone call, and and it said New York, and I I was hesitant to answer it because you know yeah, you right. never know what you get nowadays, and uh, but I did, and it was CNN, and they they informed me that I was indeed selected as a hero, um, and that they would be flying out in a week or two to film us, and um, and so they did that back in June, and and um, in the end of October, just a, a month ago. Uh, that's when they they bring their panelists together and they decide the top 10 and and SHP was fortunate enough to be selected as the top 10 wow, hero wow very yeah. very exciting and well you know I'm just what went through my mind when you were talking there and saying like you know yeah 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 we're talking to the guy and he says well now you're going to be nominated but you're not a hero boy that's a yeah. that's a left-handed <laughs> compliment ain't it buddy huh <laughs> <laughs> well i think uh, i you know these guys i think they you know I anybody know. can take a phone call and just go crazy no i know but you know we, we love you but you're not a hero yet but you're you might get yeah. there one day, bud. So anyways, <laughs> there's something about that that is kind of funny, ironic. 
I want to get back to the kids a minute. I, I really consider that the point of the story is the children, yeah. Luke, yeah. that you're impacting here. And I, I'm just envisioned and I'm moved by the moment when you deliver these beds. I'd like to talk about some of the stories that maybe if you could share a couple that come to your mind, uh, just what the circumstances were, what the condition was and what happened. Can you do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one that really sticks out um, besides the first one um, was, and I don't remember if it was the very next one or I have a, I have a, a memory that it was actually our last one, but we got an application. And, and back then the applications would just come through Facebook again. We didn't have a physical form. We didn't have an online process or we didn't have a website. I mean, it just people would, would say, hey, um, let me give you a call. I got this call. There was a family of eight and think about two parents six kids and they were living in a 12 passenger van and i was i was again astonished they had just acquired um a little two-bedroom i want to call it a house but i think that's a um that they they just got um and they still had the van they still had sheets and pillows in the van when we showed up um so they were homeless Oh, they were homeless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I recall that the father had worked with a friend of mine, and that's how they got a hold of us, and that, that friend, had uh, his employer, gave him this house to live in while he worked for him. I, I can't remember the whole situation, but mm-hmm. we showed up. What I do remember is we showed up, and it was, uh, uh, it was the first time I brought my entire family. I have pictures of my little uh, one-year-old boy, um, Bo. He was with us when we delivered this bed. Or the, it's actually, it was actually two bunks So because mm-hmm. they had so many kids. Um, uh, it, these kids, like most, were banging on the windows before we even showed up. Um, uh, you walk in, they're excited. They want to help. They grab drills. We actually kind of have to kick them out of the room sometimes because <laughs> they, they, they get so excited. They've never had a bed. And if you, if you can stop for a minute and think how, how a kid would react. Wow. When you when you bring them a bed, um, it changes you. And these kids changed Same. me. Um, they they went to bed at four thirty in the afternoon. What kid does that? Um, For, that well, yeah. th- th- that's good. Now, now you get the kids to bed uh, sooner in the evening, right? So that's an incentive <laughs> too. <laughs> so right. so you so that's uh, amazing. With six kids, are in the homeless in the van, and it, one of the things I seen in your application or somewhere online there. I believe is that it's one of the conditions is you have to have a home to be able to put the bed in, right, Luke? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. You don't. We don't want to leave these outside or put them in a garage or, you know, the 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 point mm-hmm. of what we do is provide a safe, comfortable, um, sleeping situation for a child. If we can't provide that when we walk out the door, then we won't provide it. Um, you, you know, we we uh, it's another cool story, if I may, Malcolm. Um, please, please. One one area that we see a lot of is in the foster care programs. Right. Um, so, you know, quite often, uh, which is sad to say, uh, we have – there's example. There was a young couple – just small six, seven-year-old kids, brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Parents were out of, the situ- out, of the, out of the picture. I think they were in jail. Um, grandparents were back east. They couldn't take them. So these kids entered the, the foster care program. Well, there was a lovely foster care family that would love to take them, but they only had one bed. And according to foster care uh, guidelines, each bed has each each child has to have its uh, their own bed to sleep in. 
this judge gave them 24 hours to acquire beds. Um, that's a lot of pressure that gets put on some of these families. And most of the time, they, they can't afford it. And so what happens? These two kids, these brother and sister who doesn't have any parents, they don't have any grandparents, the only people they know in their life is each other, are going to be separated because they didn't have beds. And the caseworker said, you know what? Let me make a phone call. And we at SHP always leave a bed or two in, in inventory just for these purposes. We had a bed into the home 12 hours later. Wow. That and is so a great story. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it. you saved the day with that one. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's it happens far too often. Far right. too often. Right. And well, for... For the two hours that we spend on a Saturday morning building these beds, what better use of our time, That's really? True. That's right. That's right. Well, you said they only had 24 hours. I mean, you had to be on it, as you say. So the fact yeah. that you had them there, that, that made a lot of sense. Uh, those are great stories. Obviously, the impact to the kids at that moment of delivery is such a big deal. Where I mean, you got to think and think about it in these terms. Imagine if you had to sleep on the floor. Anybody listening, you know, imagine, imagine if your kid had to sleep on the floor because of the it wasn't there. I mean, there was no other choice. This this is about you know, it was not like they have a choice, Luke, right? I oh mean, yeah, you yeah. know, it's circumstances, food, food, shelter, and clothing are the top three. You know, well, uh, that's it. And we deal with a lot of homelessness on this program and yeah. on our platform at America Out Loud. This is a big problem around the around the world, certainly here in America. You know, uh, it's a big problem. And, and kids and you see all this stuff that goes on. And uh, but I love the idea that the in the simplest form, you'll provide in the bed uh, in sleep in heavenly peace. And I, I'm just blown away. Let's take a couple of moments now. And now that we see the and I want to give everybody the contact points and everything else about the organization in just a bit here. But um all right, uh, you know you're so moved in the way you deliver the information. You, you, you're um, you can you're inspired, and your impact is uh, is uh, so fantastic. It's so authentic, so real, Luke, and who you are. And I think you can be an inspiration to other people. I think you are, uh, but I, I see you as a probably even a, a inspirational speaker for heaven's sakes because you have that gift to be able to deliver that. Um, tell us, let's tell people that are listening in their own lives how they can um, get involved and how they can uh, what you know. Back to a lot of the people who find themselves on the show, who want to do more with their lives. How do they do that? And. Uh, and, you know, you've done amazing things here by building an organization that is absolutely incredible. Well, thank you. I, um, you know, once you stop thinking about yourself, everything doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. And, and then the, the cause of getting kids off the floor, certainly when there's not a lot of agencies out there, if any, um, that can do that, uh, it's just so much more meaningful. Um, and I encourage anybody, go to our website, uh, find a chapter near you. Um, you can email those chapter presidents right from our website. You can call them on the Contact Us page. There's an extension you can use to, to leave a message for those chapter presidents. Uh, let them know that you're in the area you would like to be involved. If you want to start your own chapter, um, you can email me um, at uh, luke.mickelson at shpbeds.org. Um, or you can go to shpbeds.org forward slash start hyphen a hyphen chapter and begin that process, learn about us, and see if it's something that you'd want to be involved with. That's it, buddy. That's exactly it, yeah. The website, SHP, it's uh, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, friends, SHP, uh, SHPbeds.com. 
Org is that website. It's very good. It's well done. I've been there, buddy. Um, and, you know, again, the mission, bills and delivering beds to children in need. How do you top that? You can't really. Um, and, no. you, and you also, the, the simple denominator you put out there, no kid sleeps on the floor in our town. That's your motto, right? It, it is. It was our mission, um, which turned into our, our model because it is exactly how we feel. We take it very seriously that no kid mm-hmm. is going to sleep on the floor in our town certainly if there's anything that we can do about it yeah i can Um, feel that i feel that passion from you buddy Uh, i also love this we are humans helping humans that's that's the that's the beautiful that's the simplistic way of looking at all this friends it's really what the brink is all about but i love these stories i mean they're so moving you know luke and i was and kevin and you and i've talked many times about it and luke i think you'll agree with this there there really are a lot of great stories out there and people who passionately care uh, and the problem is they're not filtering into society enough, Luke. They're not. Uh, the news doesn't cover these kinds of stories. You understand? You don't get these in the six o'clock news. Uh, and so this is the way, this is what the brink of greatness is all about. We want to feature and focus on the good things of humanity because there are a lot of good things out there. It's not all doom and gloom as uh, some people profess it to be. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. You know, what's funny is... Um, uh, one, one thing I thought of just a, just a last year when we had the shootings in, in Vegas, mm-hmm. um, just a horrible situation, a horrible um, incident. But I, I, I often think when we when we run into something like that, I often actually think about the person that that did the shooting. And I can't remember the gentleman's name, but, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at that guy and you think where in his life mm-hmm. did he go wrong? You know, where in his life? Did, did that road change? Um, unfortunately, I personally think that that we all have those get off the couch moments, mm-hmm. and when we don't, when we don't take those moments to do something, and I'm not talking just charity, but if we don't take those moments to do something, um, I think I think those roads get chosen for you, mm-hmm. and that poor guy um, had a road that that he ended up going down that. Unfortunately, had he maybe done something different and and decided to get off the couch in a different way, um, you, you, you just wonder what he could have done. So you're you're saying uh, so what you're really saying? I mean, you put you have compassion for even the person who did the deed, which really takes a lot. That's that's important to say what you're saying. I think um, because you're well, saying right. I mean, well, and it's you know I I, just, I feel for those families that were affected by something like that, and it's, you know it's probably easy for for you and I to say that here, but, but, um, you know, when you, when you step back and look at, uh, uh, yeah, I, I used to give a talk, um, to, to youth. I, I'd put two pictures up. I put, I put a picture of Darth Vader mm-hmm. and then I put a picture of little Anakin, you know, Skywalker. Right. And, and then I would say, I, I'd read a statement saying, uh, and it would be something either Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker said, and one would be good and one would be evil. And, um, and I would, I would, express you know what was what's the difference between these two statements Mm -hmm. and it really was just perspective 
That's the only difference. Well, I'm glad you didn't remember the name because as a rule, buddy, I, as even a news reporter and a journalist who's out there, I, you know, I have a rule in my own book, buddy, Luke, that I use that we focus on the good and the positive. So even on national radio, I never use uh, those names of those people who've yeah. done those events. I, I refuse to use them just as I won't show their pictures. You know how in the news right. they yep. keep showing the picture again and again and again and again, you know, yep. and yep. traumatizing the public, really, if you ask me. But I don't want to see that picture of that guy or that guy. Gal yeah. or whoever it is, you know, don't want to do it. But I was thinking that what Luke was trying to say, or this is how I interpreted about, you know, talking about the shooter, that if he decided to get off the couch exactly and it. do those good things for other people, that his path would have been different. And, and it, the more we get off the couch and do things for others, it almost like, you know, fulfills our, our, our need to probably to exist, That's you good. know, to feel That's like good. we're making a difference. Yeah. And so I think that's it. Get off the couch. No, you're exactly right, Kev. I mean, it, what, we're, what we're really saying in the bottom line, buddy, is that we have to get the good to override the evil. Right, guys? Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I, absolutely. You yeah. know, when, when we, I had a real special moment uh, when we were filmed um, by a Facebook uh, uh, show called Returning the Favor. Um, we had all our chapter presidents out to dinner one night. And uh, our, uh, our chairman of the board, Jordan Allen, stood up and he he asked everybody if they would answer two questions. Um, number one, um, why did you get involved with Sleep in Heavenly Peace? And what has it done for you personally? And it was one of the greatest moments um, in SHP, for me, in SHP history, because I heard, I heard statements like, this has saved my marriage. This has saved my, my um, relationship with my kids. And it's because whether whether you end up down a really dark road um, like the gentleman from Las Vegas or you end up getting divorced um, because of, of a lack of communication, it, again, it's, it's if you would get off the couch, if you would spend time, less time looking at your own woes um, and look at how you can help someone else. For me, anyways, um, I just think it's the recipe for joy. Amen. No, I mean, this is a very valuable, valuable lesson and a great point to end on, on this conversation. It's it's key. It's really, really key. That's an impact of society. Luke Mickelson, I thank you very much, brother, for all that you do. And uh, we're honored to have you, again, the brink of greatness and to be part of this uh, program here. Look forward to talking to you so much more. And uh, thank you for being here and being part of this journey here, friends. Um, I, Again, Brink Thinkers, we're all connected in some way. I want to give you the website again. All the links of this will be in the show post, friends, back at AmericaOutloud.com and on TheBrinkOfGreatness.com. So, again, uh, shpbeds.org, shp, sleep in heavenly peace, beds.org. And it is about the kids and what they're doing, and the story's incredible, and the growth of the organization is incredible, and Luke, his family, his wife, and... Uh, and, and all the pieces, the kids, I mean, it becomes a family unit in what they're trying to accomplish. It's an outstanding, outstanding story. And it's a joy to bring it to you, friends. Thank you for being here and being part of this. Remember, the brink of greatness can only happen when you're willing to push beyond the boundaries and limitations that are holding you back. What's holding you back, friends? Remember to take the next leap forward.